0: well i never thought i'd be saying this this is a lament this podcast is a goodbye because the young ellis hall not so young ellis hall is about to leave sadly to go to pastor's news so i thought i'd reflect on ellis's time here and not as a sentimental piece but on the things that have come across in terms of where he sees things in terms of business and the stuff that's gone on legislatively that's could hopefully shift the dial. So Ellis, you're a traitor to start this podcast. How do you feel?
1: I am indeed. I feel good actually. I didn't think I'd feel this good being a traitor. But, oh, uh, yeah. so yeah. so bad. No, you you play it like that. You know we've got a we've got a great relationship now. We we're con- going to continue to uh, see where things go. We we're still in the same kind of space with sustainability uh, and helping businesses. So yeah, no, no, we we'll,
0: we wish you we wish you well with that. Let's just have a think about the last year, what you've seen. Uh, when we brought you in, you know, having been you could say a member of the fossil fuel league, you work for a a gas uh, sort of shipping company. You've yeah. been in the energy sector. You've done some stuff on your own in terms of kind of looking at, you know, possibly a little sustainable business. How would you reflect on our time with us and what you've seen in terms of um, the business? of net zero over the last year or so?
1: Well, it's been an interesting year. I think when I first started, it was May, the beginning of May. And we were really just ramping up for the Big Zero show, which was the first time you'd had the Big Zero show. And I think what was really interesting about that was getting so many leaders from different industries, although mainly the energy industry, but the financial industry, into one room to share some ideas. And there was a lot of really, really positive things that came out of it. And a lot of good intent that people wanted to change and really want to drive things forward. We know that there's actually lacking a bit of knowledge at the moment. Oh, yeah. Generally, I think people want to do the right thing. But I think they're struggling to know what that is beyond reporting on their carbon emissions.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? You you know, you had a lot of conversations. You went, you know, for people who don't know, you were out there, you are having workshops you were meeting people and every time you talk to me you said to me do you know what people believe in they want to do something has it been a sort of lot of oh i really like this i don't know what to do or is it been i like this i'll do my carbon footprint and that sort of covers me off What, what do you think
1: yeah i think that it's a couple of ways you can look at it there's some businesses that i spoke to that genuinely want to do everything they want to try and capture everything they want to report on everything They want a fully structured plan. They want people in the right roles. They want to bring in the right technologies. They want the right processes. And they really want to make those changes over the next five years. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you have got businesses that go, right, I want to report on my scope one and two, get a certificate, get a badge, and show my customers that I'm more sustainable. And then you've got, I guess, every other business in the middle. So I think that there's a long way to go but I think what we're struggling with is the the messaging and the communication and and showing the businesses that maybe aren't inherently as interested in this albeit they will need to be that we need to identify ways in which we can drive their behavior better not just focusing on the world is ending we need to think of new ways to say actually there's so many more benefits to this than just the world's ending reduce your emissions
0: You could say that doing the footprint is a good thing, right? Because it's been a good thing for us because now we know where we are. We've taken some action. And there isn't anything wrong in people finding this a way to showcase their their credentials, to hopefully attract more customers and grow their revenue because at the end of the day, we need businesses to succeed. But do you think there's been a slight, you know, I don't know how to put it, a disconnect that is kind of like, well, I've done that, but do I really need to take the action? Or or, or why why do you think there's something, you know, that middle group you talked about uh, who are not engaging, we'll come to them in a second. But for those who are, forget the people who are really going for it, the people who sort of do the beginning, but then stop. Why why are they stopping?
1: Yeah, I think that people look at it from a different way. But I think there is a big lack of knowledge out there. The lack of knowledge is very high that's not necessarily a bad thing but there needs to be more information for people that's clear and concise on the whole topic not just carbon because carbon is one element to it of course it's what a lot of us talk about and when i talk about carbon i mean all the greenhouse gas emissions that a business produces there's really a lack of knowledge around climate in general the impacts that emissions are actually having But what that will do to the biodiversity, what it will do for the weather systems that we have, what it will do for our food systems and looking at it from a a full picture. So I think that businesses want to jump on the bandwagon as well. That business over there, my competitors reporting on the carbon footprint, let's do the same as them. So let's tick the box and do as sometimes as little as we can. And I don't necessarily think that's because they don't want to think they don't have the knowledge. They don't have the resources, the time, the people. Uh, time is able- a
0: business, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Some businesses. So I you know, I interviewed one company, which they're, they're local to, to where I am, 20 minutes away in, in a little town called Paley Bridge. And for those guys, it was, they were time rich. They had loads of time. They had a business that ticked over in the background, but they got pricing to do this from one company and they've got 13 products and it was going to cost them £20,000 for every product now they turn over maybe 150 grand and at 20,000 pound 13 products, well, it's more than what they're turning over. So for them, it was the cost was a restrictor, whereas time wasn't, whereas other businesses, it's the opposite way around. They've got the time they or they've got the money. They just don't have the time to do it. So I think there's, this I, I guess a lack of resource at the moment, especially for the smaller companies to be able to deliver some of these things.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah,
1: So I don't think it's easy. That's the problem as well.
0: Well, look, we're working on something anyway, which we will reveal soon to hopefully everyone about helping with with learning and improving that side. But uh, on the point of, um, you know, the fact that there is this pressure, you know, I've been actually more impressed after the pandemic and then obviously what happened with the Ukraine war kicking off at the beginning of last year that this has not gone away, actually, that, that, you know, companies continue to do that. You know, you cannot stop but read, our numbers have gone up on Future Net Zero. My LinkedIn feed is full of it. You can't turn on any bit of social media without someone talking about it. And nearly every business or brand has an advert showing how green they are. So from that point of view, do you think things have moved more positively or do you think you see it as all a little bit of kind of, an element of greenwashing, an element of kind of trying to get publicity?
1: I think the more you put out there, the more scrutiny you have naturally. So if you're willing to put information, uh, information out there about how green you are, I think this is one of the things that people or other businesses will put you under the spotlight and scrutinise you more. And there's articles to say that this happens, the more information you put out there, the more people look at it. I think that what's gone on over the last couple of years from the pandemic and from the recent invasion, well, say recent, it's been a year now, I think there's certain things that have obviously been very damaging. We know the war has been incredibly damaging, but it's made people realise that we have to change quicker than what we're doing. And although I dread to think the amount of emissions that are being created every single day from this invasion, I think what it is doing, it is driving people to make changes for other reasons beyond just for the environment. For example, we know that the UK gas markets went through the roof, and we know that they've recently extended the support and they will continue to extend the support for UK households. But businesses now see the cost of energy and now want to make those changes because they know they have to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you've got that. That is the thing, isn't it? everything you said is right and it's been appalling and it's terrible the only thing i think that's of any small benefit and you have to gauge your words very carefully here because loss of life is the worst thing but yeah there is you know everyone all my neighbors people you know right you're a young guy but even your mates will be going god flipping out that costs a lot turn off the lights people are aware of it now in a way that even a couple of years ago i don't think people were that really that bothered about their energy
1: no, and I don't think, and I think it's the same for businesses generally, and I think it's the same for everybody. When when you look at your spends, whether yeah. you're a business or whether you're an individual household, you will look at, let's say, your top five spends that you're, you know, so that might be your mortgage. Year-ends, your end yeah,
0: true. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, your business rates, if you look at that, it might be your employees, if you're looking at them. And then the high energy users would have always looked at their energy because they're high energy use and it's been one of their top three costs. So they've had to manage it more closely. Now, I think households and smaller businesses, those energy costs are creeping into the top three costs now. So now everybody's looking at it. Whereas beforehand, it was further down the line. It wasn't as important and they could get away with it. Whereas now it's important for everybody, regardless of who you are. I think that energy has become increasingly I'm going to say the word again, important, but I think it's uh, hopefully going to drive good behaviour in the long.
0: What has been the thing that you've seen in terms of policy over the last year that you think has really shifted the dial?
1: Well, in terms of specific policy, I think there's some interesting things that came out of COP, obviously in Sharm El Sheikh this year. Some of the areas that are going to drive UK businesses is the information that's come out from the Transition Plan Task Force, which goes beyond what's currently in place. What's currently in place is the streamlined energy and carbon reporting, which took over from the CRC in 2019. And that is about large businesses actually just calculating their carbon footprint or measuring certain emissions, not really having to do anything. It's more from a, a budget carbon budgeting perspective for the UK government whereas now the transition plan task force will come into play and every large business will have to have a full plan of how they're going to get to net zero and they'll have to review that over a short medium and long term and they'll have to update their plan and they'll have to think about the people that are going to be involved what metrics they're going to have the different roles and responsibility how they're going to finance this and although that's not in play now it's coming into play over the next 12 to 24 months and I think that'll be really, really important. But I also think what's important is the recent review with Chris Skidmore. Now, these, this is relatively new. It's, think,
0: yeah, is in plan, basically, yeah.
1: Absolutely. And I think the UK was, as we've said before, the first major economy to take their target from 80% to, to net zero by 2050. And I think in doing that, they yeah. were leading the way. Now, I don't think we are leading the way. I think we've done a few things that's knocked us back a few steps. And I don't think we are doing what we said we've set out to do. And I think that Chris Skidmore's review is trying to push us back there. He's looking at the government and saying, actually, we're not good enough. This does not meet where we need to get to. And there's a lot of gaps and a lot of issues with it. And here's what we need to do to get there. Now, we can't agree with it all, but I think it's pushing us in the right direction. And if it's adopted with some of those recommendations, then hopefully it'll, it'll move us where we want to get to.
0: The creation of the Department for Net Zero Energy Zero and Net Zero, uh, that made a you know, you, you couldn't get more plainer th- than that. And obviously the recent budget, you know, looked at carbon capture, looked at nuclear. A lot of people thought, well, oh, that's not the right thing. But you can see now that there is a real pushed by government to say if you're going to be government and you, you've got to give them the credit here where it's due they have to take a balanced view now we may all want to have completely 100 percent renewable energy who wouldn't but that is not realistic so looking at the the drivers that have been pulled and the levers that have been pushed although some things aren't, aren't smart like the idea of another coal mine things like that Where where do you think politically we are right now with with all of this, having spent your time looking at the legislation over the last year?
1: Well, I think whoever you speak to, you're never going to win. The government can never win with what they do. You know, they're always going to frustrate certain groups, certain people. This talks about the scale in which we need to move. And I just don't think we've got that scale. I don't think we've got the the money for the scale. We talk about you know, the whole investment into carbon capture and in a column that I wrote I think that 20 billion pounds when you say 20 billion to every person it sounds like a lot of money. In terms of government spending it's not a lot and it's not a lot over a 20 year period either. I think it's less than 0.1% of the the managed funds effectively. So they throw these big numbers around but I, I don't really see any any output yet. So I think there's still a long way to go in terms of policy. I think you can put the right things in place and set off with the right intent, which I think we did. But you've not really seen a great deal of actual action. And when you talk about nuclear, I know that different people think different things about nuclear. Yes. Looking at emissions only when you generating electricity, it doesn't produce any emissions but that doesn't focus on all of the damage and the emissions that has been produced in the building of these, you know, taking seven years, eight years to build one. Think about the emissions associated with the infrastructure for that and think about the areas that they put them in and the da- damage that they do to the wildlife um, and the biodiversity within those locations. Now, that's me looking at it from my perspective. is pro-nuclear groups will, will, com- will argue completely against that. And, and, and you can throw those arguments.
0: And... You can throw those arguments at offshore wind, onshore wind. You know, whatever we do has a an effect. There's, a, you know, the, the photovoltaics. God knows, you know what's going on on there in terms of where they're digging them up in places across Africa and China. So there is an element about all of this that there's no nothing that comes without a price tag for the planet, is there?
1: Oh no, absolutely. I mean, you look at the amount of if we want to electrify.
0: Oh God, yeah,
1: rare earth elements. Oh yeah. Min, rare earth minerals that we'll need metals the amount of copper that we'll need for this is extraordinary and that's comes from the ground so th- there is no real way that we can like i said please everybody but it's probably taking the least bad bad route but yeah it comes again i think one of the key things though it does come down to efficiency and i've got a, a mm-hmm. talk with a company and they're building buildings where we need less than ten percent of the energy or the heating that yeah. their buildings currently use if they're built properly in the first place. So if we focused on efficiency first, then I think we'd be in a much better place. And- I
0: completely agree with you, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that I think was really missing from the budget is, you know, we've got to cut our use. You know, hey, if if we get fusion, which might happen by the time Ellis, you've got grandkids, who knows? But uh, you know, all your grandkids have got grandkids. um. Yeah then we've all got clean power for the rest of our lives. We are, but in the real world, we have to cut what we're doing. And I, I think that's been the failing of every government. And I can't see anything, whether Labour get in next year or whoever. There's nothing really happening on that.
1: No, no, exactly. And it's just, they're getting to power. So they say what they can to get into power They say what the people want to hear. And then, you know, don't know what government is. It's is really a good government at the moment. But yeah, they've all got their certain flaws but yeah it has to be driven by less use you know we've got population increasing we know we've got enough land to feed everybody we know we've got enough water for the constant growth but we have to just look at the way that we actually live to then become as sustainable as we can So it has to be about efficiency more than anything else
0: you sound like an eco warrior ellis
1: i do i do are
0: you gonna give it all up you're gonna just start walking the land no we're not going to do that are we no and i think i think
1: everybody's got a different role i spoke to somebody about this and i think everyone's got a different role to play i think that certain people feel really comfortable getting up and shouting on the streets yeah being that person Yeah. yeah um, i personally do struggle with that i want to influence some of the bigger companies now I worked for a fossil fuel company, yes, there's relations there, yep. but I wanted to try and change that. I, you know, developed a product that was offering biomethane purchased directly from producers because I thought that that was the best way to make the changes. And I still believe that sometimes you have to get into these large companies and make the differences from within rather than trying to stand on the streets and shout. Or oh, that's how I feel comfortable anyway. I'm not saying that that's the right thing. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing. And I think that different people want to play different roles. So, yeah, I've got all the beliefs of the people, you know, Extinction Rebellion, Just Stop Oil, all the other groups across the world that are making the difference and bringing it to big companies' attentions and bringing it to the forefront of what the government's talking about. So, yeah, I am on their side completely, but I think my, my role to play in the that, order but is, that,
0: they I, would call But they would call you a hypocrite, though, for taking a job working with these companies. Wouldn't
1: they? Yeah, absolutely. Of course they would. And that's their that's their opinion on yeah. the, who I who they think I am. I know who I am and I know what I want to try and achieve. Um unfortunately I can't risk getting arrested. I've got <laughs> people that rely on me financially. I can't <laughs> risk losing my job. I can't risk losing my yeah,
0: house. So, come on, mate. Come on. You, you you should be the real radical. Have you enjoyed yeah,
1: your time with us? Absolutely. I've learned a lot. You know, I think one of the key things that Future Net Zero and Energy Live News, looking at them both, has been so brilliant at, and will continue to be brilliant at, is bringing people together and creating good communication and content, and obviously writing the column has been, you know, very eye opening for me. But also, you know, the big zero show. I'm really excited to see where that's going to go. We yeah, know yeah. last year we got over seven hundred people in. I say we. I didn't really do much of that. I was just there speaking to people, and I know that the small team at Energy Live News and Future. Net Zero did an amazing job, and I think that this year in in June it will be even bigger. There'll be more people there, Probably. there'll be more industries there, and there'll be more you know cooperation and hopefully bigger news stories and bigger action. So I'm looking forward to seeing that.
0: Yeah, and no, we be, and we've got Andy Street now, the mayor of the West Midlands, speaking, which is great. Another headline speaker, and we're going to push for that. And if you're listening and you feel you want to be involved, come along. You can register for free. Um, to end with Ellis uh you know, I feel that we've got we've gone further than going backwards so i we may have taken a couple of steps backwards, but we've probably taken four steps forward over the last year and maybe two back uh so a net plus are you confident that you know over the next few years over the course of this decade, we'll start to see more things because when everyone comes on the journey, which is what we really want to have the ethos of every business, big or small, or every person starts to do, maybe I'll buy that because it's got less of a footprint or the the business produces something that goes, this is a bit cleaner, let's get that. I'm hopeful that things will get cleaner. I'm hopeful that we'll be less screwy when it comes to damaging our planet. I just want to see, as a younger person with much more life ahead of me than me, how you feel?
1: Yeah, I have days when I'm super positive and think it will be brilliant and we will easily do it. And then I have other days, which I sometimes don't have any hope. <laughs> I do I do wish, though, that the wealthier economies, the ones yes, that people, people argue have created this problem in the first place, yes. were in the countries that were most impacted.
0: Yeah, there's the irony.
1: Yeah, because I think that if we were more, if we were impacted, impacted more harshly, let's yes. say, I think we would be making changes quicker and at larger scale than what we're currently doing. The problem is, is what's classed as the global south, the poorer economies that don't have the infrastructure, don't have the finance to be able to do so, are the ones that are impacted much more severely. So if it was roles reversed, I think we would be moving quicker and I think we would get there. But I think sometimes your house actually has to be on fire and I don't think that we realise that actually it's already at that point. Yeah and we need to be making those changes now. But no, sometimes I'm very, very hopeful and I will keep doing my role until I can no longer. <laughs> well, I'd like to say uh, best of luck, but I won't because
0: you're a treacherous git, as I said from the beginning. In all seriousness, uh, it's been a lovely pleasure having you working with us and you've brought a lot to the team. We wish you luck for the future. We'll be seeing you at the Big Zero show, I'm sure. and. Uh, Good stuff, uh, and thanks for everything.
1: Yeah, of course. No, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, working for you and working with you, and I've learned a lot, and I'm looking forward to uh, working together in the future.
0: Brilliant. Ellis Hall, thanks a lot. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast. Get yourselves uh, to The Big Zero Show. Go to bigzeroshow.com for a free ticket. Uh, Andy Street, latest speaker. Plenty more details on the website. My thanks to Rob for the production this week's. Apologies for my scratchy voice, but... I got some bug, I blame it, Alice. See you next time. You've been listening to the Net Hero podcast with Summit Bose from Future Net Zero. Visit our platform for all things Net Zero. And if you or your business is doing great things on the path to Net Zero and want to be featured on the podcast, email nethero at futurenetzero.com. Follow us on social media. Futurenetzero.com. Better business, better planet.